0: October 15th. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, our reading today will come from the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. We'll read about conflict. Anyone who seeks to live for the Lord will have enemies. You can count on that. The weapon we use is prayer, and the purpose for which we pray is the sharing of the Word of God. Not everybody in the church at Thessalonica was devoted to the Lord. And like uh, our churches today. But Paul still asked for their prayers. We'll read about confidence. God's faithfulness to us is the basis for our faithfulness to Him. If we love Him, we will keep His word. And we will be patient in times of trial. And we'll read about command. In his chapter-by-chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wiersbe says the word command means a military order. Some of the Christian soldiers in the church were breaking rank and disobeying orders, and Paul had to admonish them. Those who cannot work must be cared for by others, but those who will not work must be disciplined. Never let the bad example of others keep you from being a good example. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 15th, 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 1 through 18. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, I, Paul, ask you to pray for us. Pray first that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray too that we will be saved from wicked and evil people, for not everyone believes in the Lord. But the Lord is faithful, and he will make you strong and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are practicing the things we commanded you, and that you always will. May the Lord bring you into an ever deeper understanding of the love of God and the endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, We give you this command with the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from any Christian who lives in idleness and doesn't follow the tradition of hard work we gave you. For you know that you ought to follow our example. We were never lazy when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard, day and night, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It wasn't that we didn't have the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this rule. Whoever does not work should not eat. Yet, we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and wasting time meddling in other people's business. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we appeal to such people. No, we command them. Settle down and get to work. Earn your own living. And I say to the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them, so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but speak to them as you would to a Christian who needs to be warned. May the Lord of Peace Himself always give you His peace, no matter what happens. The Lord be with you all. Now here is my greeting, which I write with my own hand, Paul. I do this at the end of all my letters to prove that they really are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
1: Get saved, because then you won't. And I got saved and kept on doing. So then where am I supposed to go? Because apparently Jesus doesn't work for me. He goes, oh, no, 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 we'll we'll work through this. But I'm not letting you go in the meantime. Oh, we'll get there. I'll finish it. I started it. I'll be faithful to finish. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Keep confessing. But don't give up. I'll heal you. I won't let you go. There is no one who can condemn you. I don't. And if I don't, no one can. Who will even bring a charge against you? You're mine. What court could they possibly charge you in? Everything's mine.
2: He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath. The weight of His wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And oh he loves us oh, oh how he loves us How he
1: loves us. That God in eternity looked upon me foreseeing my fallenness my pride, my sin and said, I want that man in my family. I'll do anything to get him in my family. I will pay for him to be in my family with my son's life. That's love, folks. That is mega, off-the-charts love. He is jealous for me.
2: Love's like a king. Us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us, oh.
1: Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. That, that's why. We've got this weird compartmentalization thing that happens where you don't think that God sees all that you are or that if he could have somehow knew who you were going to be, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. Um, listen, God knew you were going to be messy. Christ knew that you were going to be messy God, God knows that you're going to screw up often He knows that you're going to be drawn to things that are wicked He knows that's what the cross is all about it's the whole point of the cross is that you're going to fail and you're going to stumble and you're going to feel dirty and you're going to feel awkward And to... the whole point of the cross of Christ is there be this mighty picture of His love and pursuit of you despite you so the cross is necessary because of you But it's also the picture we have of just how far God is willing to go because he loves you. Not bitter against the church, I just think somehow we've got off, and there's all this talk about morality, and people are conforming themselves to these moral codes, but they don't know Jesus. Who cares? It's the resurrection of Christ that justifies. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so big. It proves that all the wrath of God was poured out. It's gone. For the elect, it's gone. There is no more wrath. There's there's none. So Jesus sees you, and He's like, My son. My daughter, perfect, spotless, blameless.
0: Psalm 85, verses 1 through 13. We'll read about restoration here in this psalm. We don't know from what crisis the Lord had delivered his people. Uh, Perhaps it was the captivity in Babylon. His wrath had ended, their sins were forgiven, and they had come home again. In times of divine chastening, rest in the Lord. We'll read about revival when the refugees got back to the land. Life was difficult. And very often they were ready to give up. God had used foreign enemies to uh, enslave them and capture them. Now God had forgiven their sins. But that did not make life a paradise. They wanted new life from God so they could rejoice in Him. New beginnings should lead to experiences of new life. And we'll read about responsibility here in Psalm 85. God forgives us that we might fear and serve Him. You must hear and obey his word and trust him to send the needed increase. Mercy and truth met in his passion when Jesus died for the sin of the world. Righteousness and peace meet in his person. King of righteousness and king of peace, that's who he is. God's chastening is for your good and he is with you when it's ended. He will help you make a fresh new start for his glory. Psalm 85, verses 1-13 through For the Choir Director A Psalm of the Descendants of Korah Lord, you have poured out amazing blessings on your land. You have restored the fortunes of Israel. You have forgiven the guilt of your people. Yes, you have covered all their sins. You have withdrawn your fury. You have ended your blazing anger. Now turn to us again, O God of our salvation. Put aside your anger against us. Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to distant generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his people, his faithful ones but let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely His salvation is near to those who honor Him. Our land will be filled with His glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth, and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down His blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful crops. Righteousness goes as a herald before Him, preparing the way for His steps. Proverbs 25, verse 16 Do you like honey? Don't eat too much of it, or it will make you sick.